0: I that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I've put into this, and, um, you know, I know that we're capable of going. Uh, I know the type of coach that I am. I believe in myself. Um, but again, this isn't about me. Although it is about you, Brandon Staley, welcome to the Fan Checkdown, Friday, December 15th. I'm not really sure why hosts say the date as if we don't have it on our phones and our computers or... On calendars, but I'll do the A chair thing and say it. I am Donovan Bennett. I'm not Matt Marchese, who is getting a scheduled rest day. So it is the year of the backup in the NFL. And so the backup <laughs> gets moved to QB1 as I host. And the person who, for the first, I will say, because you are in good shape, five minutes of this show might be breathing a little heavy is Sho Ali, who normally is my right hand man on going deep. Listen, share, favorite, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, He was doing a great job with Jesse Rubinoff on Sportsnet Today, and he ran from one studio to the next. We we not only asked you to host back-to-back shows, we asked you to do it on different sides of the building. So today is the show Ali Day here on the Sportsnet Radio Network across the country, kind of like Bobby Bonilla Day, except the the pay is a little bit different. Um, But The proverbial question is will Brandon Staley continue to be paid for doing work or will he be paid to go away (laughs) after what we saw on Thursday Night Football last night's show?
1: Well, it feels like the the Raiders, Donovan, had their own breaking point where Mark Davis made the decision earlier this year – to say, you know what, I'd rather pay Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler millions of dollars to not GM and coach for us for the next several years. I kind of feel like the the Spanos family maybe should make that same decision about Brandon Staley. Like, how how fast can uh, Harbaugh get to get to uh, Los Angeles? Uh, can Can Bill Belichick stop coaching the Patriots and go coach the Chargers later later next week? I, I just that's kind of what it feels like. It just feels like Staley. Like if there ever was a breaking point, every team every bad team has a breaking point after you go down 42 nothing in the first half. I I mean, Richard Sherman said this on the, the halftime panel yesterday, but it kind of felt like Brandon Staley should have just been fired at halftime. But then you give up all these other awful mental miscues and, Big man touchdowns, which I love to see. And Jack Jones with one of the cleanest interceptions oh you'll, you'll ever word. see. It was with one hand, no less. It just, that that has got to be the breaking point for the Chargers. Like I know I'm not putting it on Easton stick, but the guy, like he was not put in a position to succeed even without his number one wide receiver.
0: He was not. So in our employment contracts, it's somewhat boilerplate standard legal language, whether you work here at Rogers or wherever you work. You've
1: read yours? I've never read mine.
0: I I have read it uh, because I've tried to get things both taken <laughs> out and put in. And put in, yeah, uh, and not so successfully, but you know, you have to try. Are Are you the person who you just like skip to like? Oh yeah, page terms and yeah. docu just, just, grow, just yeah. like yeah, yeah, click click. Oh click. yeah, one hundred percent. Okay.
1: My wife is a lawyer, and she hates that I do that. She because. hates it. She needs to read every last word. I'm like, babe, just scroll to the end. Just scroll. We're we're gonna how accept often, it anyways. How often
0: does she find something that is actually? You know what? Schedule B here. Don't really love how that's set up. <laughs> More often than you'd think. Okay. Well, that's because she's a lawyer and <laughs> yeah. she understands the the legal jargon that those things are written. Because they're not. they not written in plain language. They're, no, no. <laughs> they're not like this is what we agree to. This is what we ask of you. In turn, this is what we're gonna do. It's, anyways, something that is plain language in those agreements is. Or other duties assigned and you can say listen you have this role whatever but we hold the right to just have you do something else and still pay you and if i was an nfl owner i would be so petty but you know what brandon staley you know what josh mcdaniels you know what maybe bill belichick who oddly enough had a contract extension and now weeks later it's rumored that he won't be the coach moving forward, you know, I don't want you to be the coach. In some cases, I don't even want to see you, but, but I still am paying you, so you are still going to do something for me. Right. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a, a pre-scout. Maybe it is some clerical work. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to have you do some charity work with our charitable foundation, but you are going to do something to earn this paycheck. I just don't trust you with my football team anymore, and you have to be at that stage with the Los Angeles Chargers because the Chargers continue to Charger. No matter what city they're in, no matter what stadium they're in, this is the same issue. Here's what I find fascinating about what we saw last night. Well, there's a couple things, and we'll we'll get into it before talking about some bigger storyline things going into um, week 15 already. Kind of of crazy. The NFL season. It is wild. It's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be expensive. The Chargers are both, which is untenable, I think, which is why I believe we have seen the last of this version of the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors because they are really expensive and thus far really bad. The Chargers' salary cap situation is a hot mess. $34.8 they are right now over the projected salary cap, which,
1: mm.
0: unlike some leagues, goes up every year. Uh, that's the second highest in terms of their cap situation. They have 22 million in dead cap money. 20.8 million of that goes to JC Jackson, who's no longer on the team, right. who's already on another bad team. You're <laughs> well aware of this because you are a Patriots fan. And for all of the money that they have spent over the last three years, Brandon Staley is 24 and 24. Mm. He's exactly 500, which wouldn't get some people fired. Mm. But when you've spent the way they've spent, when you've been aggressive in free agency, when you've had some wild misses in the draft other than your quarterback, but when you've had a really good quarterback and good quarterback play, And the sole express thing that you're supposed to be a subject matter expert at defense has been a disaster. I think he gots to go.
1: Does that extend to Tom Telesco too? I would say yes. Clean house.
0: Go to name your favorite organization. And we used to say the Patriots. I don't know if we're saying that right now. But whether it is the Chiefs, or the Rams, or the Ravens, or the Niners. The Eagles. The Eagles. It's a great one. Thank you. I wouldn't dare say the Cowboys because they they succeed despite function. They are still dysfunctional. And for me, I am saying who is the coordinator on your staff that I think is ready to be a head coach and who is the assistant GM on your staff that I think is ready to be a GM. Someone with... Shared beliefs, shared understanding, and now just getting bigger role and opportunity. There are the Bill Belichick rumors mm-hmm. in terms of well, what's he needed in New England post Tom Brady, a, a quarterback, and do you just give him a quarterback? And L.A. is where old people go to retire anyway, so it kind of makes sense. I don't see that L.A. Being or a Miami, thing. I suppose. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Miami's making a coaching change anytime soon because the other aspect of the Chargers, despite the fact that they have an expensive roster. It's all relative. It's cap management. You're, you're really paying the same for your roster because there is a hard cap in the NFL. That they are notoriously cheap. They are a renter, not an owner, in the stadium that they play in. They've had six coaches since 1990. They've never fired one before the end of the season because they don't want to pay someone not to work. Yeah. So I just don't think they're going to be shopping at, the top of the market for an ex coach because I don't think Bill Belichick is doing anything for cheap at this point. How do you fix the Chargers? Is is, is my question for you, Show.
1: It, it it feels like you're probably right in that Belichick because he's he it feels like be- Belichick is gonna be around whether it's with the Patriots or someone else until he gets that Don Shula record. And I and I don't know how likely that is. He's not getting any younger. He's already he's already the second oldest coach in the NFL and you you would essentially have to go to a team that's made to compete. He, he's not going to go to somewhere to, to rebuild to get the, the Shula record, right? But he's also got to go to, like, a legacy team.
0: Sure, okay. The, the Bears. Right. I mean, I don't know if the Browns are a legacy team, but the Browns, he his organization, he has some history. The Giants? With the Giants. Maybe even the Raiders. We'll talk about what they might be doing at head coaching position in a minute. But I just... I Listen, this is not a scenario, but... I don't see Bill Belichick doing the Tom Coughlin and going from the Giants to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like <laughs> do I don't think that's happening. Oh no, no. And I in similarly I don't think he's going to the Chargers. I think he's going somewhere. He's
1: not going to coach the Panthers next year.
0: Correct. No, he's not. It, it, but I but I cut you off as usual.
1: Oh no, the well, the question was about how do you fix the Chargers? I mean, he can I don't think there's a quick fix for this team. It it, it fit, for me at least Donovan I feels like you want to get the most, you always need to get good defensive play out of, out of guys like Bosa and and Mac and so on. And and Derwin James and so on. Like you need to get the best out of these guys. But I feel like when you have someone who you believe is a franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert, who has been, and and he's made some bad decisions at times, certainly, but what quarterback does? And so I think he, he just needs support on the offensive side. So it almost feels like whatever the solution is for the chargers going forward, maybe it's, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator out of Detroit, maybe maybe Ben Johnson feels like he's getting a head coaching job somewhere next year, right? right? So let, let's use him as an example. Let's say he's the new head coach in in Los Angeles for the Chargers next season. That feels like probably the better move, just to give Justin Herbert as much support as humanly possible. Because what you don't want, and I mean they would probably franchise tag him before it ever got to this point, but um, I, I forget if he signed some giant contract extension, second highest paid. I okay, think. so he did. So that we're we're out of the franchise tag court, uh, the 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 territory, but. When it comes to supporting your guy, then, you don't want him to feel like he needs to demand a trade or he wants out because he's not getting the support he needs. So if that's the case, then you need to give him all the support from a coaching perspective as possible because he kind of already has the offensive weapons in, in personnel around him. Like you what, Say what you want to say about Austin Eckler being washed or or Keenan Allen, who's played, I think, until he got injured. He he's played well this season, if not very well. So if that's the case, then... If you have an offense that is made up of Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, you hope Mike Williams comes back healthy. Canada's own Joshua Palmer has played very well as well. He's he spent some time on the IL with injuries, so it just when when you have to deal with all of these things, I think the the person who who puts it all together beyond the quarterback has to be the offensive coordinator. And it doesn't feel like Herbert's gotten that much uh, help lately from the coaching side. I should say.
0: I love how you say say what you want to say about Austin Eckler being washed. No, that's exactly what people are saying. Like, that's <laughs> not
1: what they want to say. Uh,
0: they're fantasy owners where he was, his average draft position was sixth. Uh, they're saying he's washed. And uh, I, I think you wash your hands of this entire group outside of Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, because to your point, he, when healthy, has been really good. But... You mentioned Ben Johnson. You could throw Bobby Slowick in there, Eric Biennemi, whoever the young QB whisperer is, and evidently it's not Kellen Moore who's already in the building and might be the interim coach if, in fact, they move on from Staley before the end of the year. I say you give them the team. You've got Herbert under contract for the foreseeable future, and it'll be really expensive until it's not, until all of the other QBs who come up just end up making more money than... And he does now, right? It's it's that real estate analogy to the quarterback where, the you know, the new house on the street just goes up in price a little bit year over year. That 10% real estate tax, well, more than that if you live in uh, our city. Um, or actually, quite frankly, the other cities that were, this is being listened to, Calgary, Vancouver, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing in this country right now. Um, it, listen, we're having, speaking of paying, don't pay a cent of that. Right? You don't have to give us even good players. Just give us picks. How far in the future? Doesn't matter. Um, Mac, you want him? He's yours. I would say Bosa, you want him? He's yours because he's been good, but he's also been injured. Um, you mentioned Williams, who's been great, but always is injured. He's yours if you want him. Austin Eckler, does anybody want him? Probably not. <laughs> right? He's gonna get on another Zoom call with the running backs and and talk about how they're you know, overworked and underpaid. Well, this is why, Austin, because when it goes, it goes quickly and you fall off a cliff. So, you know, that could just be an outright cut to move uh, the player off and and open up a a roster spot. And you could we could do the same with Joshua Kelly, who is a difference without a real distinction, where we're getting the same level of production, you know, just for a, a lot cheaper. I think you clear the slate and you build this thing brick by brick with Herbert as your quarterback, knowing that if you have a quarterback, you can fast-track this thing pretty quickly. Look no further than the Houston Texans. Look no further than the Cincinnati Bengals, who built it smartly with a young, aggressive head coach doing it through the draft and getting off of players that weren't necessarily going to be able to compete. Speaking of compete, something the Chargers didn't do. You, you talked about that big man uh, return touchdown. What I saw was no Chargers trying to run him down no, no.
1: at all. They said I just watched him.
0: Pretty much. And when I was watching that game, it was an affirmation for me, a little bit of a fantasy humble brag that nobody wants, but I changed my survivor pick. Okay. Earlier in the day, I'm in a big money league with only five teams left. Ooh, okay. I changed it to the Raiders. Oh, wow. Playing with fire here, Donovan. And they were a three-point favorite at home, so basically kind of a pick them uh, At that point, why? Because I saw the news floated out that the Raiders might consider John Gruden coming back to <laughs> oh, Las no. Vegas. Oh. And that the NFL might be okay with this because that would take his lawsuit off of the board, which... Let's be frank, he may or may not win, but really what you don't want, and your wife, who's a lawyer, knows this, you don't want discovery. Yeah. Because in the PR battle, you could win the case but lose the war. So maybe it might not be the worst in the world if John Gruden comes back and coaches again, and then you could just fire him for cause for not being a good coach. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, no. If we know anything, we know that Antonio Pierce has the heartbeat of that locker room that they play really well for him. They play appreciably better at home in Las Vegas. But also, we know that Brandon Staley and his team is not playing for him. And you give them the out that our season's pretty much done. Herbert's done for the year. Keenan Allen not playing. I thought one team was going to play hard and stand on business and ride for their coach. And the other, quite frankly, was going to go 1-2-3 Cancun in the huddle. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. Where five minutes into the telecast, I was thinking about who my survivor pick is going to be next week. Right. <laughs> Thursday nighters, one of these days, Al Michaels will, will, will get
1: he, a I, good one. Can I just say, at, the, at halftime, he sounded like he would, he would have rather been literally anywhere, anywhere else. Anywhere else. Like literally anywhere else. Doing <laughs> anything but sitting in that booth with Herb Street.
0: Oh, you know where he would rather be? In the Spear. Because the most spirited he was during that telecast was talking about his experience uh, in the spear. They basically did a tourism ad for Las Vegas for half a quarter because the game really wasn't an ad for good football. We talked briefly about Bill Belichick. They've got the Kansas City Chiefs Mm -hmm. coming to town, and the Patriots have been a get-right game for many teams this year. Except the Steelers. Except for the Steelers. You are a Patriots fan. Dynasties never end well. And and I would say the dynasty is over. But long-standing relationships in the coaching fraternity often don't end well. And Belichick is the person who will cut you a year or two early. It's true. Rather than keep you too late. We might be saying it's already too late for Bill Belichick. But there are reports that he won't be the coach Next year, when you think of how we got to this place, where the Patriots are a three-win team in December, what comes to mind, and how does that for you impact Billy B's legacy?
1: I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure a lot can change his legacy, just because when you win as many championships and rings as he has, even like, even when you count the rings as a defensive coordinator when he was with the Giants, he has a lot of hardware. So I, I'm not sure a lot can really change his legacy, but it does feel like he would need to go somewhere to encounter some degree of success outside of new England, just to change people's minds about the whole Brady V Belichick type of thing. Cause a lot of people, I, I think it worked out really well for Brady in that he left and then immediately won the super bowl and immediately had success on offense and again, he walked into a team in Tampa Bay at the time that was essentially tailor-made for success. Great defense, pretty good offensive line. They had just drafted worse at the time. Uh Godwin and Evans still playing pretty well, et cetera, et cetera. But and, and then on the on the flip side, you had like Bill Belichick dealing with, you know, a a a beaten up Cam Newton before they got to Mac Jones, essentially. And even with Cam Newton, they still made the playoffs, right? They went seven and nine with Cam Newton. So I just I feel like there's not a lot that could change Belichick's legacy. And I actually was in in favor of keeping him around just for the one more year, given that the defense had been so competitive even after losing guys like Christian Gonzalez uh, at the beginning of the season. So I, I, I felt like there was room for one more season, one more kick at the can in New England, and then you say goodbye. But I mean, the reports that you're talking about seem to imply that Craft made up his mind after the Germany game against the Colts, which was not that's not, that wasn't like that happened last week. That happened like almost a month ago. It's essentially. So if that is true, then I mean maybe things are a lot worse than they appear on the surface, and they're already pretty bad on the surface. So I, I, it makes you wonder about the dysfunction that's going on behind the scenes. Is 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 Bill, who is who is famously a, like a drill sergeant coach and one of those old school coaches, it, has he? Lost the pulse of a younger locker room. It's very possible. I just I, I wonder if maybe at, at some point, sometimes and, and this is a case for all sports, not just the NFL. Sometimes you just need a coaching change. It's something we talked about you and I on going deep when it comes to when it came to Nick Nurse, for example, and how some of the players had tuned him out when it comes to the Toronto Raptors. So I kind of wonder if it's the same thing. But uh, yeah, I, I would I, I would frankly prefer to see him stay around for one more year with Drake May or or Jaden Daniels at the helm. But I mean, if he already did not contribute to the positive development of Mac Jones. Probably fair to ask why would it be any different for a new quarterback?
0: Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you'd prefer him to stay and essentially be the stepdad of whoever the next QB is going to be because he's not going to be there for the better part of that player's franchise. I mean, I guess the comp would be Popovich and Victor Lemignana. Sure who, you know, obviously is not going to be still around. I I shouldn't say obviously, but likely is not still going to be around when Spurs are back to title contention, but has the residue of those past championships to be able to build a foundation for, you know, their new face of the franchise to really flourish. I mean, I think... The difference is we haven't seen Popovich ruin a young player the way, quite frankly, Bill Belichick, the entire Patriots organization have ruined Mac Jones. And we can debate whether or not Mac Jones was a worthy first-round prospect anyways. And at the best of times, there is a 50% hit rate on top QBs in the first round. So it is somewhat of a lottery, but... This is the Patriots' offense for you in a snapshot. Points per game, 13 last. Yeah. Uh, passes intercepted, 15, 31st. Total touchdowns, 19. Total touchdowns in week 15, 19, 31st. <laughs> Turnover differential, minus 9, 30th. Total yards per game, 291, 28th. Passer rating, 75.5, 28th. This is one of the worst offenses, not in franchise history. I would in the history of the league, and my question is you, you try to diagnose the problem and look at the symptoms. What, if any, of this is surprising? All it was made about Bill O'Brien is going to come, and you know we don't have dual offensive coordinators who have never been offensive coordinators. We have an adult in the room who's a, a veteran play caller, former GM and head coach. Sure. Is he bringing Deshaun Watson in his prime and Nuke Hopkins with him? Is he bringing any of those Alabama receivers with him? Like, like, there are no receivers on this team who can separate. The receiver you brought in, Juju Smith-Schuster, was a second, third option on the Chiefs and couldn't separate. The one receiver that maybe you could, like squint, and if you didn't know better, look at and see some talent. Jacoby Myers, you let go for the same amount of money as you brought in... I hated that when it happened.
1: And watching him catch a TD last night, as he's had a couple times this year, oh, boy. Catching TDs, throwing TDs. Throwing TDs, He he could have been the
0: Patriots QB. You, earlier in the year, promoted Malik Cunningham, gave him a contract extension, cut him, then he got picked up off of waivers by the Ravens, and then his own Patriots teammates were celebrating that fact that he's getting a new lease on life. None of what they've done on offense post-Tom Brady has made any sense, so much so that it leaves me believing, well, wait, was Tom Brady the offensive coordinator the entire time and not Josh McDaniels and not input from Bill Belichick? The defense is still good, and he's still certainly a
1: defensive mastermind. But I think. But then, how much of that credit do you give to, Drod Mayo, who is like the de facto defensive coordinator, and I think by many is seen as the heir apparent. So if that's the case, then you, know, you might as well just fire Bill Belichick and give the keys to Drod Mayo. No, I I
0: agree, and I think Drod Mayo will be a head coach, and I I do think he gives he gives you the, the feeling that he could be a head coach in the future, and you know certainly has deserved that opportunity. Although every time they talk about the Patriots defense, when TV producers talk about it, they cut to Belichick's son who is right, on the sideline, like do. licking his lips or kind of like grimacing or something like that. I'm like, can we get some love for Mayo, please? But I think the the issue, though, I would have with that is sometimes you need to do something different for the sake of doing something different. Yeah, and when you have so much success that Legacy of success in that history affords you the confidence to do the same thing because I've had success. And it's tough to break away from it. And so when you look at the Patriots, they do a lot of the same things. They keep it in-house. It's Patriot way. All of the assistants are essentially groomed from the program. Former players coming up. Coaches, you know, might leave and go to another program, but they always come back almost like as if it's the mafia (laughs) <laughs> but they, it's not as if they're breaking out and they're saying, okay, we, we need new ideas. Right. We need a fresh look on things. And then when the game evolves, you get left behind and you're almost looking at things with this prehistoric lens. And if everyone in the room is thinking the same thing and saying the same thing, well, then nobody's thinking. Right, right. We are just regurgitating the same ideas and not evolving with the sport. That's where I think they are. And I wonder, even if... Mayo is worthy of the role, if it would just be more of the same
1: with a slightly different messenger. It's very, it's definitely very possible. I just, I, I do wonder, and and like you said, Gerard Mayo is someone who obviously was a Patriots linebacker, had the injury, kind of immediately shifted to coaching for the Patriots. I don't think he's, I don't, I don't believe he's coached anywhere else. I think he's since he's since he retired, he remained with the Patriots. But it, the only reason I bring up Mayo, even if it, even if it might be the same, more of the same. Is he, he definitely seems to be, uh, much like Tom Brady was, a, a favorite son of Robert Kraft. And I think that in this organi- in, in a lot of organizations, that, that has a lot of say. But it certainly feels like that has a lot more say in New England than it does in a lot of other places. Which is why Josh McDaniels stayed for so long as he did and really only left for very specific situations. And... I, mean, I think that I think the Josh McDaniels' time has now passed because he's still he's not returned and maybe, maybe he does like maybe Josh McDaniels does return next year if Gerard Mayo is the head coach and McDaniels goes back to being an offensive coordinator because I think I think most people can agree that the days of McDaniels being head coach literally anywhere is, are done but uh, I, I think the in, in New England what Kraft wants essentially goes and it, I I think that too with Belichick it kind of feels Donovan like maybe they would have been and this complete speculation but maybe they would have been willing to keep Be- Belichick around for one more year if he would relinquish certain duties like if he would relinquish being the gm for example and i mean this is the, this is the guy that resigned from the new york jets by writing it on a napkin and le- <laughs> and, and leaving that behind for the jets right so that, it, all i have to say is not a guy that i think We'll go quietly. Let's put it that way. So especially if he feels this he has still some something left to offer. and as long as he's within spitting distance of Don Shula's all- time wins record, I got to feel like he is he is does feel like he's got something to offer. So I don't know. it feels like there probably is a lot more going on behind the scenes than we'll than we'll ever know, frankly.
0: in fairness to Belichick, he did resign on a napkin before we had documents. This is true. <laughs> so if he had that availability to get the PDF sent to him immediately, he would have done it in a much more professional manner. I don't know, like, your wife is a lawyer. Like, is that standing? Like, can you notarize a napkin? A napkin? (laughs) I think so. I'm going to say yes. Based on all the movies I've watched, I'm going to say yes. (laughs) um, The interesting thing, though, is, well, how did Belichick get the opportunity to go to New England? And even with the Belichick hire, as we mentioned, they keep it in the family. It's because there was a power struggle between Bill Parcells and ownership. Well, Bill Parcells famously said, if you want me to cook the meal, you should at least let me buy the groceries. He wasn't interested in having <laughs> a separation between church and state. One of the great lines of all time. It is.
1: Which, Bill, Bill Parcells is full of great nuggets, bars, right? You, yeah. you're, you are what your record says you are, right? That's right. It's yeah. true.
0: It's true. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily know if that's true because I think we have seen great examples of separation between coaching the football team and thinking of the future of the organization. And we've we've seen often it not work out when someone is doing all of the things, right? I don't know necessarily if that West Indian mindset works for being a football coach. Like, you can't have too many jobs. you got to focus on one. But I'll give you another name. My parents would disagree. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Well, my parents probably would as well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm... I'm chuckling cuz i am just like envisioning like a west indian grandmother like running a football organization i mean i'm
1: imagining we hear your grandparents on going deep i'm That's imagining right. uh, clifton bennett running a football team i think it would be great
0: yeah but they would just have these like wild uh rules like it wouldn't be about like being on time and you know <laughs> being a good teammate it would be like like turning the lights off when you leave a room like those are the things that they're focused on right <laughs> like you know my grandparents had the The erroneous belief when we went over to their house uh, as kids that if we hooked up our video games to the computer, it would use more electricity. Okay. So they were mad that we were going to be running up their light bill. (laughs) And like that doesn't. First of all, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, This is not how hydro works. But in any event, I I just I could see them getting mad for someone, you know, playing games on the Microsoft Surface on the sideline. I have a name for you that could go back to the family and could check both boxes. Mike Frable. Oh, okay. Someone who's worked for multiple teams now. He's with the Titans. He's got GM and Ryan Carthon, who has no tie to the Patriots. He's, you know, had Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator. Now Tim Kelly, he's brought in other ideas. He didn't just hire other Patriot people. He would be able to have the credibility, Of the fan base, certainly have a relationship with ownership, but also he's he's been away from campus like so he's been able to see the other side of it. I I don't necessarily think he's in trouble in Tennessee, but if he wants, you know, a new challenge, if you will, um, we shall see in terms of coaching
1: move just don't let austin Mackey let you hear, hear you say that austin our, our resident titans fan was a i looked over as soon as he said that i looked over at him and just just viciously shaking his head My well goodness.
0: you know what austin the truth hurts sometimes right <laughs> <laughs> so um but you know uh matt marchese is someone who's normally you know on this microphone in this time slot early throughout their Don't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh comes back to the NFL.
1: I know. it's a big Marchese pick. And
0: since that's happened, there have just been more sanctions and more um, rumors and not getting hot because he's not winning because he's undefeated, but because, you know, he can't stop cheating. And so, again, (laughs) you know, if the Chargers isn't the destination for him because, again, that ownership group is cheap, you know, could he potentially be someone who makes sense in Foxborough – we shall see so much to get to uh, on this episode of the checkdown the big marquee game for me is two teams that are playing some of the best football right now but have difficult schedules down the stretch and thus maybe we might get a true litmus test on if they are championship worthy in case of one of them, the Buffalo Bills, will they even have the opportunity to make the postseason, given their tough schedule, to go on a run and win a championship? Bills-Cowboys marquee game this week. We'll touch on that and more on The Checkdown. Stay with us.
1: The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real and born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Check down on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I am Donovan Bennett, joined by Show Ali. Canadian football fans, certainly, because the Cowboys are an international team and the Buffalo Bills are the team Southern Ontario will be interested in their matchup. Secondary market tickets for this one are really high. But you know what game where they aren't very high for, Show? Falcons Panthers. Okay. You throw the records out when those two NFC South juggernauts face each other. There are tickets online. This is via Roto World for 45 cents. American. 45 cents. 45 cents. Now, that's excluding taxes and fees. So, really, it's like 100 bucks. But that's where we've gotten to where people don't want to see the first overall pick. Bryce Young and... One of the most exciting players to come out of this draft class in Bijan Robinson. I mean, I think the reason why they don't want to see it is because um, both of those teams are a bit of a hot mess. And, and we could see new coaches in both scenarios. doesn't look like we'll see new coaches in Dallas or Buffalo, despite the fact that at different points in the season... The seat was warming up. Mike McCarthy was on the hot seat when the Dallas offense didn't start the season well. And then in in Buffalo, given some of the insensitive at best comments that Sean McDermott made, not this year in the past, but were unearthed this year around 9-11, and the fact that the Bills, quite frankly, were finding ways to lose games, there's some pressure there but it seems to be alleviated at least for now with a big win against Kansas City they can continue this hot run with their matchup against Dallas a team that's been much better at home than on the road as they go to Orchard Park and there is a scenario where if the Buffalo Bills as bad as things still seem 11th in the standings it If they run the table and the Dolphins lose just one game, given the fact that the the Dolphins lost last week, and given the fact that Buffalo has the tiebreaker over Miami because they beat them early in the year, that last game of the regular season... In Miami? In Miami. Could be for the number one spot in the AFC and thus an automatic playoff spot. Remember, Miami still has to play Baltimore as well. It's true. So, uh, Bills are favored over the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to be honest. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm pretty bullish on the way things have set up because it's not as if the Bills have been beaten. They just beat themselves. And now, new offensive coordinator, release on life have found some depth pieces to cover over the fact that they were ravaged with injury earlier in the year. I think the Bills are an ascending team and a team that the rest of the AFC should not want in the postseason.
1: I agree with you. I think the Bills have played, on offense at least, through the uh, the or off the arm and legs of Josh Allen. I think generally speaking have played well since the offensive coordinator change and even when Ken Dorsey was there, it didn't, I never really felt like it, it was all on the uh, you know, on the mistakes that solely from Josh Allen, kind of felt like he was also was not being put in a the best position to succeed, but I mean Josh Allen is still I mean, I know the the, the big Knock on him this season has been he turns the ball over at an alarming rate but he still managed to get it done with his legs and they've been using the his legs more with Joe Brady more designed runs and as such you've seen a little bit more success from the Bills offense as a whole so I think they're going to so- certainly keep doing that but I think I I it's going to be a tough test against uh, your Dallas Cowboys Donovan I mean they've played very well as of late also I know the defense has been leaning more on the Cowboys side of things to the bend, don't break, versus these, the stout unit we saw at the beginning of the year. It kind of just feels like whenever the Cowboys didn't play a bottom-tier team, they... I don't know struggle, this is the right word, on defense, but they definitely weren't quite as crisp as we had seen for much of the seasons because playing the Seahawks, for example, for the Cowboys was much a much different result from when they played the Commanders, for example, on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. So I, I think there will be opportunities... For Josh Allen to to take advantage of that Cowboys defense, but I mean, you know, you, you do need other playmakers to get going because Stephon Diggs, for example, has not had a more a, a very heralded last couple of weeks. And if that's the case, then you need guys not named Stephon Diggs to step up Dalton Kincaid has been a little banged up, even if he has been very, uh, I think it's been a success for a rookie tight end, which doesn't always happen for rookie tight ends. So you've been pleasantly surprised by him, but you, you do need more from Gabe Davis. You need more from guys like Khalil Shakir. And I think you may, maybe you need a smidge more from James Cook, even if he has played generally speaking pretty well this season. So I think the, 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 there will be opportunities for Joe Brady's offense and for Josh Allen to take advantage of Dan Quinn's Cowboys defense, but I mean, they have to be. They have to be on their game because, like you said, if they lose even just one game before they play Miami, things might like that Miami game might not matter in the end.
0: Yeah, and the Bills are hoping the Cowboys do them a favor by not playing well this week and do them a favor by playing well next week. As next week after Dallas goes to Buffalo, this week they go to Miami. Next week, so the Cowboys have the fourth hardest remaining. It's a tough schedule. schedule. It is. Uh, it is. Um, it gets better. They end the year with the commander, so it's not the end of the world. But you talk about the Bills and the improvement of that offense now that Joe Brady is calling the plays. The biggest improvement I see is the amount of pre-snap motion that they're playing with. Something that I wrote about in my 10 NFL stats column comes out every week on Friday previewing the week that is in the NFL and giving you 10 stats that you should know about. It is already live on sportsnet.ca, so go check that out. Yes, I am Jamaican, so I have multiple jobs. <laughs> Look at the Bills in terms of the first 10 games. 46% of their plays with pre-snap motion, which ranked 20th at the time. In the last three games, that number is up to 61%, which ranks 8th. Now, what does that matter? What What does that mean? That increase is really good. Bills average 6.2 yards per play when they have motion that's third in the NFL. And now, there are reasons why, because people are listening to this, and be like, oh, this sounds... Simple. Why don't you just have motion on every play all the time? Well, that's when you start to have procedure penalties. That's when you don't play as fast. You need to get set earlier. You know, sometimes a quarterback, especially if they're young, needs more time just to survey the defense and not to get their players in position. That's not the issue with the Bills. They have a veteran QB and Josh Allen who's been in this system for a while. So they really are now taking advantage of moving their players around, putting the defense now on their back heels and having to shift and react and adjust. And it's like anything, when you're thinking, you you play slow and you're not able to just read and react. That's why I find what we're seeing this year so fascinating in terms of the amount of backups that are playing because you're going to give them a limited play sheet. You're going to put in a a really cautious install. They didn't have the benefit of... The OTAs and all of the reps in the offseason, and now you're asking them in the heart of the season to win games. Look at the AFC alone. Patriots in last place, backup QB. Chargers, backup QB. Titans, backup QB. In terms of who started the year as a starter. Jets, backup QB. Raiders, backup QB. Get to the Bills at 11. They've got their starter, which is why I think, again, they can make a run. Bengals, backup QB. Broncos have their starter. Texans, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And C.J. Stroud has been in the concussion protocol, so we'll see if he's able to start. Colts, backup QB. Steelers now, backup QB. Browns, backup QB. Jaguars missed having to play a backup to start. And C.J. Beathard or potentially Nathan Rourke is... Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence is not fine. You can tell he's not 100%, but has been able to play. And then at the top, there's a reason why these teams are at the top because their elite QBs have been healthy. Chiefs. Dolphins, Ravens, Mahomes, Tua, and Lamar. And the top two in Lamar and Tua are questions coming into the year Were can those QBs stay healthy? Right. They are. And and to end last year, the biggest storyline was Patrick Mahomes is playing on one leg. He's been healthy. He's just been playing with receivers who can't use their hands. It is the year of the backup. Which backup to you stands out as being the most impressive even what they've been asked to do.
1: I think of the teams you mentioned and we, that we didn't even mention like Tommy DeVito for no, example in the NFC course. but but I think Dobbs and, for a couple teams. Yeah, and it's true. So I I think there have been a couple of guys. Tommy DeVito is pretty close to the top, but I think the two that come to mind immediately Donovan, one is Jake Browning for the Bengals because Joe uh, Joe Burrow has been an elite quarterback for so long. You're so used to seeing him play and so long still is a relative term because he's not that old, but uh, he he's used to seeing burrow play at a, at a very high level. And then he had the calf injury to start this season played pretty poorly because of it. And when he got healthy, he played at an elite level like he usually has. And then the ligament injury for his hand, his wrist leads to Jake Browning coming in. Jake Browning has looked a lot better than I ever thought he would both in in relief of Burrow, and then in the next subsequent starts. I thought he's played very well. They've put him in a position to succeed, unlike some other teams. Uh, they've made life easier for him. They've used more of Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase has made a comeback, and less so T. Higgins after the injury. But uh, the, the Bengals have put him in a great position. But I actually think the guy who above Browning has looked the best and maybe it's because we've seen him before in this role as Gardner Minshew and Gardner Minshew probably has the distinction of already being even like prior to the season even starting having the distinction of being the best backup quarterback in the NFL but you're you're seeing why it's important for the Colts I mean the Colts are in a position to make the playoffs if, if he continues playing well and he's played pretty well, I would say, I mean, he's come in, like he took over the starting job full-time in week five, but even before that, Anthony Richardson had had injuries where he couldn't finish games. And I think in week one and in week four, the, the week he got injured. So Gardner Minshew, I think it's, it might be one of Shane Steichen's best moves coming over from Philly, bringing Gardner Minshew with them, but we had seen Minshew mania in Jacksonville too. So you knew he could play, but he, his play has had amidst a litany of injuries because Jonathan Taylor is injured as well. A bunch of guys, Josh Downs has been injured as well. So a whole guys have been injured for the Colts, and he has been one of the few constants. I think Minchu has played pretty well. He might be my pick for, in the, in, the, in the year of the backup QB, as you you name it, I think he might be my pick.
0: Yeah, I love the Browning shout. In his first three games, highest completion percentage since 1950 at 79%. Um, just had a Chad Pennington at 77 and Justin Herbert at 72. How a
1: Chad Pennington, really? Yeah,
0: check down Charlie, pretty much. Yeah. In their last two games, which have been wins, they scored 34 in each. He's got a 2-1 record, and they're averaging 26 points per game. The offense has not missed a beat, and so when I look at someone who could be a Nick Foles and just sure. get hot and go on a run, and team who wins the Super Bowl with the backup, could be a Kurt Warner, and maybe that backup just becomes a, a legit starter for someone. Browning is the person that jumps out, to me, his family is not going to have to stay in the Joe Burrow suite for much longer. Although he had a real funny comment about maybe if their heads get too big, he's going to put them back in the stands. Um, but, like, he's owning the moment. He's owning the press conference. He, he walks on the field. It's like, okay, yeah, like, he's a starter. He's not a backup. He's not a substitute teacher. The other one for me is Joe Flacco. Okay. Who went from essentially for that. using a Costco card to using his NFL PA card. Like, he came off the couch... Jumped into a playoff race in a heated division. It's like, yeah, I'm actually better than all three of the quarterbacks you had here
1: before. It is wild that four quarterbacks have started for the Browns this year, and they're 8-5. and
0: Yes, and in their defense, which has really carried them for long stretches, it's not the case anymore. They were allowing 17.4 points per game in their first eight games. Right now, they've allowed 26.6 over the last five. Now, a lot of that is due to some injury, but it has increased the need for that offense and Joe Flacco and Elijah Moore uh, to get going, which they have done, which is why I, I asked the question, comeback player of the year. Can Joe Flacco get it? Oh. I mean, it, we, we all imagine. thought for sure it was going to be DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. but he hasn't really played. Who's the comeback player of the year? Now, I'm not really sure what Joe Flacco came back from yeah. other than, I guess, dodging a bullet and not being signed by the Jets. <laughs> But uh, I, I think he's in the conversation. Who's your comeback player of the year?
1: Ooh, I'm gonna go. Gosh, Flacco. I didn't even consider Flacco. Actually, if he, if he plays this well for the rest of the year, kind of be tough not to give it to him. But I, I'm gonna say Tua. If the Ooh. if the Dolphins if the Dolphins win out and they end up taking the number one seed, or or they, or they at least win the division, I think based on he had some. Like I genuinely had questions as to whether or not he would play football again after all the just awful concussion stuff he dealt with last year. And that stuff doesn't go away, right? And we know about concussions. The more you get, the, the worse it is for you. So, and he's taken some, some licks this year, too. So I, I'm, I go with Tua. I think his play this year, and yes, he's been helped by Tyree Kill, but he's in, put in a position to succeed, something we've said a lot this, today, but I'm, I'm going with Tua.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Could we see the Dolphins win the, run the table? Coach of the year? McDaniel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: MVP? Tyree Kill? Comeback player of the year? Tua, a clean sweep for the fins yeah maybe go executive of the year and give greer some love <laughs> who knows uh that's that's a good one i, I didn't think of tua that's a good one we'll, we'll see he's got a big one this week
1: he does I, I hope the dolphins keep it up they've been a lot of fun to watch they
0: have we will be watching and we'll be talking about it on monday where Mercasey is back enjoy the weekend enjoy the games list and favorite share subscribe